we're in the, the, the world of behaviour change, really, aren't we? So if you, know, if you think about something as relatively simple as somebody coming to the Beyond Blue website to read a page of, of content, then if you think about all the preconditions that need to come just for that to happen, there, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and unless you understand what those are, you're not going to be delivering the right information at the right time to support that person to move on to the next stage. Welcome to Foundstone Conversations, a series where we chat with industry and sector leaders about what they're seeing and hearing across strategy, customer engagement and growth, sharing some of their real life lived experiences across their career. And today we're joined by the Head of Strategy and Planning uh, from Beyond Blue, Andrew Thorpe. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Great to meet you and uh, have a chat uh, with you this afternoon. Great to, great to have you on. It's, uh, I know we've had a, a couple of conversations before this, but it's always interesting to, to hear someone's story over the years of their perhaps their, their lead up to becoming into strategy and planning and what that looks like, both at, both at Beyond Blue, and we'll get into a bit more detail around that as we go through the conversation. But it'd be great to hear about perhaps your own career in strategy and planning and how, how you've had some different roles in the past and how you've led to where you are today. Sure. Um, so yeah, I've been at Beyond Blue now about just over nine years. Um, and the last few years, probably three or four years in, in this head of strategy and planning role. <clears throat> but I guess, um, Way before that, I think I, I did economics at university, and I think that is, is a great foundation stone for, for strategy development and strategy, strategic thinking. Um, I think there's, there's a few um, uh, sectors like this. The, you know, economics is one, engineering is one, environmental sciences is one, and they're all kind of similar in that they all help you think about systems and about how things fit together. Um, I think it's it's kind of been a natural thing for me over the years to, to think in that way. Um, and, and so economics was kind of the, 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 the avenue I went down. Um, so, so yeah, a few years at uni back in the, back in the 90s on that one, um, which is great. And that really helped set me up, um, I think, for, for the rest of my career. Um, and then early, early career was all, uh, was in a, a mum and dad small consulting firm. Um, then they did um, health planning. So I think I, I started doing um, planning in the residential aged care sector, uh, but that really expanded across into, into a whole range of other health and other community um, service areas. So I've always been working in that for-purpose space, really. Um, did have a couple of years doing some, some network planning in, for retail, but, but in general have been predominantly in the, in the for-purpose space. Um, and really that sort of <clears throat> gathering insights and supporting organisations to, to think about uh, where next and what do they need to be doing. Fantastic. It's, it is fascinating to hear different, uh, you know, experiences of coming into strategy and the one that, one that you've just talked through, you know, coming from an economics background and then health planning. I think that the richness of people's, you know, diverse backgrounds as opposed to just you know, doing a business degree or a commerce degree, those kind of traditional things. I think that what we see, that brings the, rich, the richness to strategy. 
and in particular the the for purpose space is that what you've seen perhaps with people in your own team or your peers across the industry there's quite a diverse and the more diverse mix we get the better the more richness we get in strategy absolutely i think um all of these things we're doing in strategy is about uh, helping people in one way or another. Um, and so the, the more diversity you have in, within any organisation, the better, um, because we are, we are a, a complex society. Uh, we have a range of, of uh, experiences. Um, and so the more you can bring those experiences together, uh, the better it is. So, yeah, I think... Um, we're, we're, we're building our strategy team at the moment within Beyond Blue, but across the board, um, we've got within Beyond Blue, we've got people from, you know, um, more tr traditional public health fields and, and, and um, experiences um, right through to, you know, uh, business analysts who, who used to work at Toyota or, and things like that, who have a you know, Six Sigma type approaches and lean, lean portfolio approaches, uh, that's where they drive from. So, so really everything from, from that real public health um, and quite academic research field all the way through. Um, so, so that's just in within Beyond Blue. And of course, we work with, with stakeholders across a whole range of areas to, to help us drive that. So um, absolutely, diversity is, is key to this. Wonderful. Uh, and in terms of, you know, strategy, how has perhaps evolved over the last decade even, uh, or even further back than that, or, or closer to that, the last, you know, couple of years, and perhaps the, the big shifts, even the last 18 months, most of the globe has been experiencing. You know, when you look at strategy and how, how the principles of perhaps have changed or evolved is probably a better term. Is there anything that stands out to you that, that has been a real big learning or, or insight? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, Beyond Blue was founded in twenty in, in the year two thousand. Um, so we, we turned twenty last year. Beyond Blue, if, if just focus on that experience. I think we, we we traditionally had a five year strategy from from one July to thirty June. Five years later was our strategy. Uh, it was very strict, uh, you know, envelope of, of that's the strategy. Um, it would be traditionally built kind of in-house and then first and then, um, you know, from, from a good evidence base, from the insights we've got, et cetera, um, you know, those insights would coming from the people we've got involved and coming from the community. But in essence, um, although it was coming from insight-driven, um, it, was, it was still a, a bit of a top-down approach. Um, that you know, this is what we should be doing um, from a from a um, and 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 so you know, or, or and or we get direction from government or other funders about this is what we should be doing, um, uh, which is great and, and you know it's fantastic. Um, but uh, I think increasingly the evolution we're seeing is how do we engage community first to really excel at those, having those community insights um, to drive the direction. I think Beyond Blue has been very, very, very good at um, using community insights to influence our strategic direction, but there's always more we can do. Um, and I think that's, that's the shift we're seeing. Um, we're also seeing a shift, of course, away from that strict five-year plan. 
um, uh, which is difficult to get your head around sometimes, but uh, as in, oh, that may not necessarily have a specific end date uh, and how do we work towards that uh, and what do we need to do as we get close to that date, we may put an arbitrary date around. But um, yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Strategic agility, business agility, obviously are really key uh, throughout this. Um, uh, again, particularly in, in, a, in a space like Beyond Blue is in, in the mental health and suicide prevention space. You know, we, we are here to help and, and be one player in, in a very complex ecosystem. Uh, and we are attempting to address a very complex problem. Um, so uh, it's always going to be evolving and changing a bit. And so uh, we need to, to be strategically agile so that that can, that can happen. Yeah, that's wonderful to get that context. And, and it is easy, easy, easy probably for us all to look back 20 years ago if we talk about just strategy as a discipline or, or you know, relating it to the organisation that we've all been involved, involved in in different shapes and sizes, I think you are, that's, it's a really good insight in terms of that top-down top approach, which perhaps that was just the way it was done back mm, 20 years yeah. ago, wasn't it? There was, there was really no other way, was there? Um, people, weren't, people weren't seeing the, particularly the, the community insights um, part and, and, you know, looking at Beyond Blue, you know, from a couple of decades, you can even see that in the community, you, you, the people you speak to, and it seems like that, and the information you put out there, the conversations you start, and then you start to see it in the, in the organisational strategy. It's clear that, that there is a lot of listening that's being done there. So I do think that a lot of other organisations within for, for, um, for purpose sector, but also broader in the commercial sectors, I think can learn a lot from that mindset that that perhaps that you know it doesn't have to be your idea or the top down. It can be really starting to listen, listening yep. to the community. And it's it's a simple principle, but a powerful principle, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> this is, you know, we, we we're in the, the, the world of behavior change, really, aren't we? So if you know, if you think about something as relatively simple as somebody coming to the Beyond Blue website to read a page of, of content, then if you think about all the preconditions that need to come just for that to happen, there, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and unless you understand what those are, you're not going to be delivering the right information at the right time to support that person to move on to the next stage. Um, so the behavior change is very complex and that's what we're, we're that's what we at least beyond blue are in the field of um, you know people need to have a level of understanding about what are they experiencing um, people need to have a, a level of, of motivation and support around them so they can take the next step and not be um, not be stigmatized for doing something about not feeling well um, they need to have an opportunity time resources to come to a website uh, and to, to know that, okay, they do have a doctor or a, some, another health professional nearby that they can go to. Um, now, Beyond Blues, you know, tries to support people across all of those three domains um, around the capability, motivation, and opportunity elements. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very complex. And unless you're talking to people and listening to people and understanding how people uh, uh, 
what what's in their daily lives, you're not going to be able to design an experience or design a product or a service that is going to help them. It's no use. We have done before because of reasons, you know, you can't just build something over here and expect people to go there. Um, we've all got apps and Fitbits and whatnots in our, in our drawers. Just because it's there doesn't mean people will go and use it. Um, it needs whatever we do has to fit in, in. The best way to do it is to fit into people's daily lives. And you don't know how to fit into people's daily lives unless you are talking and understanding what the daily lives look like. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. I, I think the so often in, in strategy and frameworks and models, perhaps in the past years, and, and we still, you know, uh, can miss those, the, the it's simplicity, but the power behind listening and, and understanding the experience to then form the insight and then to make the decisions. So often, perhaps, you know, those, those things have been jumped over in the past and we haven't, we haven't then seen some of the blind spots or richness that we we might have seen. Is that what you've, you've perhaps another shift you've seen in strategy over a decade, perhaps? Um, yes, I guess so. Um, I mean, I think for us, or at least at Beyond Blue, I think we, we and I, I certainly, I certainly as someone who's, who's always worked in that whole of community, whole of government sort of mindset, um, that it takes, it takes a village to raise a child type mindset. Um, uh, and that's what we sort of use to, to build many of our things at Beyond Blue is that mindset. Um, um, I think for us, it's just natural for us sometimes in Beyond Blue to do that. Um, I can see, though, that, you know, it, it, it's hard work, though, because how do you, you, you it's hard work to think about all the different ways that something might impact what you're trying to achieve. And also be disciplined about the choices you make because you can't do it all. So uh, Beyond Blue's vision is that all, all people in Australia achieve their best possible mental health. Now, that's a, a huge, massive ambition. We can't do everything. <clears throat> um, we need to continuously make choices about what we can do and what we can't do. Um, and, and although we want to do a lot, uh, we have to make choices. So I think that's uh, highlighting that is, is key. And, and thank you for sharing that in terms of how it relates to the organisation. I think people can learn a lot from that because I, I do what we see in here out there in strategy, perhaps the mindset, and you talked about it there, I think is probably at the forefront um, compared to some other organisations that perhaps aren't, don't have the mindset of that engagement in the, in, the, in the community and in the human side of things that perhaps you would do innately. So I think people will learn a lot from that, that uh, conversation just there. In terms of mindset and some of, the, some of the different ways, you know, we've had a chat before at a high level <coughs> design thinking, human-centred design. And, you know, some people look at those as very purist methodologies or they can use them, you know, you know, draw on them to really draw out the right mindsets of having that empathy-based approach. Where do you see the likes of human-centered design or the broader design thinking in, in context of strategy at the moment? 
Um, I think it's coming through pretty strongly in, in contemporary sort of strategy development. Um, I think what's happening is we've got a, a new language happening around HCD and, 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 and design thinking and all these things. Um, it is a new language. We need to understand, and it's, and it's an ongoing continuous learning experience, trying to understand the different perspectives and, and how are they different or the same as something else you might already be doing. Um, I think over time we'll, we'll come to a common language that's, and that's good. Um, I think it's just trying to work out what are the commonalities between what we do and what's that other language talking about and trying to meld them together. Um, I think, again, I think um, that's, that's one of Beyond Blue's powers is, is, is taking the best bits of things and putting them together. Um, and so uh, I think that's what's happening with regards to HCD and, and design thinking and strategy development. It's all coming together. Um, but it's all about going back to what, what are we, why are we doing something? Um, so, you know, beyond, we use um, Simon Sinek's Golden Circle, um, we use Roger Martin's strategic choice cascading, those sort of things, um, you know, a bit of hypothesis approach thinking, all of these things come together. It's just about what's the problem, why are we here and how might we solve it? And then how might we solve it leads to what, how can we best design things for people to solve it? It's all, it's, we can get caught up in a lot of language um, uh, if we can try and cut through that as we move forward, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd agree on that's That's a brilliant insight. And I think, you know, the balance between not, as you say, not getting caught up in the language, but at the same time, having a, a unified, you know, terms we're using so that people understand that's that's the that's the challenge in a, in a good way isn't it? it sounds like that you know you, you're focusing on again standing back on why are we doing this uh as a principle is pretty powerful then leading on to more the the planning stage yep. uh, which brings brings it to life doesn't it so you 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 talk you can mention a couple of things there and probably just for the listeners in terms of could be helpful for them where people could turn to to start to a lot of people are starting their strategy and design thinking is brand new for them as well. So is there anywhere, you know, you mentioned IDEO, you know, Roger Martin, are those the sorts of places you turn on to ongoing to for, for getting some of the latest read globally of what's happening? And in, in, in are there any others that come to mind? Yeah, sure. So um, there is, yeah, there's, there's quite a, a plethora of resources out yeah. there. Um, they're, they're my couple of go-tos. Um, Harvard Business Review is always a good go-to for me, um, which, which obviously has a range of things, um, particularly, and again, you can see even in their um, library, the, the evolution of strategy happening there. Um, they've got a couple of, you know, the, the, the 10 top read books on strategy, et cetera. I think I've got them sitting there somewhere um, behind me. Um, the playing to win is the one that, that I guess always go to. Um, again, that's, that's Roger Martin's one. Um, uh, so there's plenty around. Uh, this, is, this is, you know, one of the big dilemmas of nowadays, isn't it? There's so much to read. Uh, it can be overwhelming. Um, but uh, my, my suggestion is, uh, you know, 
is that the, the, the contemporary stuff around from particularly human centered design strategy development links up. But um, Harvard's probably my really go to one. That, that's great. And I think you've mentioned before, you know, even I'd agree, you know, Roger Martin's stuff around the, the cascade is definitely, it's a, it's a really good grounding. But as I understand, you know, you've had to adapt that because some of the terms, for example, like winning in the context of Beyond Blue is probably not the, the right term. So you you shape that, don't you, to, to your, your, your own kind of the world that you're working in. And I think some other people would struggle with that as well. So have I got that right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think... Um um how do we win where do we how do we play where do we play and all those terminologies again adapt them to to whatever the context is for you so absolutely beyond blue a winning aspiration is not what we talk about uh, we talk about a guiding aspiration absolutely um, um we are you know as a for-purpose organization it's not about winning it's not about our profit margins it's not about money um, so if it's about money, then yeah, maybe you want to use the word win. But for us, it's about what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to achieve is about people being healthier. Uh, that's a that's a guiding aspiration, not a winning aspiration. Um, and across our ecosystem as well. I mean, we um, we have a, there are a lot of organisations across the mental health and suicide prevention ecosystems. Um, we we don't. I think generally speaking, we don't use the word competition, for example. Um, but in essence, you know, in so, at some level, we are competing because we are competing in inverted commas for people's time. Um, why does somebody come to our website versus somebody else's website, for example? Um, and how do we make sure that we're working together at a systems level uh, to, to, to make sure we don't uh, confuse things even further for people? That's brilliant. And it's, it's really helpful, I'm sure, to, to the listeners that sometimes we can get very caught up on the framework, can't we, you know, in, in this world of strategy, that some people, you know, and, and organisations perhaps find it hard to then adapt it to the way, to their world and the way of their thinking. So I think that's, those couple of examples are really helpful. So right. thank you for sharing that. In terms of the Beyond Blue strategy, would you be able to give us a bit of an insight about the strategy you've got now and beyond a bit of a window of how that's come about and how you're continuing to to evolve that in a very living, breathing way? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I said before, um, Beyond Blue's traditionally had five-year strategies. Um, so I've been, as I said, beyond, at Beyond Blue now for about nine, just over nine years. Um, so back in 2014, um, I uh, got seconded over into help write the strategy um, for 2015. Um, to 2020, um, so I you know, did that. Um, but again, it's fairly internal process. Um, just a couple of us writing it goes to board, etc. Um, uh, and it was yeah, fairly top down. These are this is what our organisation. This is what our objectives are. This is how everything we do ladders up to it. Um, in about 2018. Um, we had a bit of a uh, restructure and, and we, we formed the strategy group. Um, so also that's where I started to have a formally role in strategy development. Um, and so that's when we started the process of looking at the beyond 2020 strategy. So we had a strategy that was going to get, finish on 30 June 2020. So in 2018, we started that process. And again, it was what we're talking about. It was about why are we here? Um, 
what are we going to do about it and what do we need to support us to do it? Um, uh, so, so that was, a, again, a, a whole range of things involved in that. Uh, again, a lot of listening to the community, not explicitly in a strategic development phase at that point. It was listening to all the existing resources we have through existing mechanisms. And so, um, so we, we, we gather all of that together um, and, and talk through with across the organisation with partners with the board, et cetera, what that might look like, green papers, all those sort of things, um, which again was all in, in about 2018 into 2019. Um, and we sort of got to the point of, well, there's great stuff we want to do, but really reflecting, actually, we don't, we need to change our capabilities um, to enable that to happen. So uh, we went on a good old transformation journey. Um, so that's kicked off, that kicked off in, in 2019. Uh, obviously, a, a capability shift across um, processes, systems, mindsets, people, et cetera, right across the board. Um, so, so we're well and truly in that now. Um, and, and that really, we, we refined quite a lot of our strategic thinking through that process. It was a really helpful process to go through and to, to really get into what is our role um, and the roles. Six, we ended up with six roles um, that we play in our business model. And, and really being able to step back and reflect um, about what are we here to do, how are we going to do it, rather than the what. The what, the what will come and the what, what will evolve, but how, the how is, is where we're focused on in the strategy world. Um, so that's, that's the journey we've been on. Um, still got a lot, to, lot of work to go. Obviously, we have the organisational strategy in place and that's, that's guiding us, has been guiding us the last 12 months or more. Um, uh, but uh, now it's, it's a lot of work translating that internally and, and a lot of work now about to shift into a mode of, of really more hands-on um, co-design, um, again, fully for, informed by community insight, but uh, co-designing with program areas uh, into their realignment into the, the, the business model that, that sits behind the 2020 strategy. Fantastic. Um, just on the just on the community insights part, because it is, although it, it it comes very naturally, perhaps to yourself and your peers within Beyond Blue, that is still we see it's still a foreign term to perhaps many other organisations that mm -hmm. they're not used to having you know dedicated people that are gathering community insights, yep. or even within their own teams you know having the mindset to be really listening you know what's happening within our customers world partners we we see it, it is still a, a newer thing and it's it's obviously not for you guys i think a lot of people can learn from that so is there any learnings or or, or anything that you see with with gathering those community insights you know establishing that team having the right right mindsets is, is there anything learnings or things you're seeing even now around that that could be helpful to others uh, yes, uh, where to start? Um, <laughs> so I think it's about 
first, I think the first suggestion would be just to, to reflect and stop and reflect about what are the opportunities you've got now to leverage something you've already got. So social media, clear example. Um, what are people saying on social media about your industry uh, or their experience of that industry, um, whatever it might be? Again, that might be on your own social pages. It could be on the social pages of others. Um, so that's, that's the first big one, I guess. Um, obviously, analytics and, in, and analytical insights is, is critical um, nowadays. Um, if, if you've got it that on hand, of course, use that. Again, it can be a whole range of things. For us, it's, it's including you know, lots of Google analytics and, and website analytics. Um, uh, but we also quite as, as well have, have, have um, events in the community, um, um, which can be a whole range of things. Um, uh, but again, I'll see those conversations uh, a part of the insight gathering process. Um, for us, we also have um, evaluations that we do for, for our community facing products and services. Uh, we also have post implementation reviews and et cetera for our internal ones. So they're, they're part of it. Um, and also remembering our staff are also community members. Uh, so what do they think? Uh, how do they, what do they, yeah, what do they think about what we're doing? Um, how would they help? Uh, and, what, and how might they use what we're building? Um, I think, um, what else? Uh, am I missing any big ones? Uh, they're, they're the big I think, they, I think that, that's brilliant in, in, in themselves, Andrew. I think, again, you know, the, the practical things you're saying, what have you already got now that you can, you can start listening to? Yeah. And I suppose a lot of that, from what we're seeing and hearing out there, is just being aware that, that that's happening and you can turn to that richness of the, whether it's data, as you say, analytics, or whether it's just people, you know, you know, responders or, or um, you know, people that are out there speaking to the community and customer, for them just to have that radar up, it can it can it can it can be a mindset of starting with that, as as you put, I think, which is really absolutely. And and um, another thing we did um, in in probably twenty nineteen, I think it was. Um, so Beyond Blue is extremely fortunate to have a an active community participation community participation community. Um, called Blue Voices. That Blue Voices represents, is, is about 7,000 people involved in that community. So they're, they're our community participation. Um, and and they, they are people who have signed up to Beyond Blue um, to help us design what we build. Um, and that's been going for, for 20 years. Um, um, it's changed shape and form over the years, but we've always had it. Um, uh, so we, of course, we went to that community and asked them, well, "What do you expect from Beyond Blue? What's, how can we help you, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera. Um, and we did that through primarily surveys, but a few other bits pieces. But we also recognised that they are people who know Beyond Blue, who love Beyond Blue, who are actively supporting Beyond Blue. Um, so of course, we were well. We need to get other voices as well. Um, so we went to an independent market research company and we asked exactly the same questions. So we used exactly the same questions 
And, and predominantly, of course, the way that happened, and again, we, we did it, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to do a nationally representative sample um, through that. Um, and, and primarily people who had not engaged with Beyond Blues. Some of them had. I mean, Beyond Blue is extremely well known. So, of course, you get people who, are, who have experienced Beyond Blue there. Uh, but it, it included a mix of people who hadn't. Um, we were fortunate, of course, that basically both surveys, both um, you know, insight gathering processes basically came up with the same result, which was helpful. Um, so uh, that was good. Uh, that, that helped uh, ease, ease some concerns there. But um, uh, that's, that's, that's an example of something we did. Yeah, that, that's huge. I didn't say so Blue Voice is 7,000 people. That's enormous. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you mentioned before that you've been doing that for quite a while. I, I still think in, in definitely in the commercial sector, that is still quite, quite new. So I think a lot of people can, can learn from that. So thank yeah. you for sharing, sharing that, you know, that very practical example. When and it comes it, to... it, I mean, for, for often for, for commercial, you, know, you may have a loyalty program or something like that. That's kind of similar. That's kind of similar to what our Blue Voice is. So you, if you've got something like that, go for it. Good, good point. That's, uh, that's really helpful. In terms of the, 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 the brand, branding of Beyond Blue, and, you know, we had a, a conversation recently with... Uh, Conrad Spilver, who heads an agency, who's is really blended now across strategy and and more marketing, and us and we see that in terms of those, you know, when when we talk about brand strategy and then organisational wide strategy, we see that you know you can you can rarely look at those things independently. Uh, perhaps in the past, they were they were very separate disciplines. When so when you you know as head of strategy and planning, when when you know you consider the brand out there and even. You know, I, I've started listening to you know your your the the Beyond Blue podcast. When you look at the power of the brand out there within the community, within the mental health and well-being space, but even beyond that, uh, you, you know, in, in, when it comes to strategy planning, both at a you know your transformational journey and then an organisational wide, is there any way you look at trying to enhance that branding or even um, you know collectively you know turn to that branding? To then learn from strategy, because I think there's a lot, a lot of organisations there, perhaps that don't have, you know, don't have the presence of your brand. They're trying to perhaps create more of that through their strategy. Yep. Are there any learnings you've had, perhaps between the ties between brand and then organisational strategy? <clears throat> um, I mean, they, they do obviously go hand in hand. Um, for us. It, it's about being that trusted source of information, advice, and support. That's central to our strategy, and it's central to our brand. They're one; they're kind of one and the same. Um, so it, it comes down to why why are we doing what we do? Well, we would do what we do because we want to support people to be more mentally healthy. Um, to do that because of stigma, because of other things, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a daunting thing to start to think about, really. and and again, that's obviously changed over the years, and that's what Beyond Blue has been doing for the last twenty years is is changing community conversations, so it is easier to talk about, um, along with many other organisations. Um, uh, but it still is a level of trust that needs to be there uh, to to be able to do it. 
and to be able to come to an organisation and, and feel confident, feel connected to others that have been through that themselves. So um, I think that's particularly, you know, there is a brand team as well, and obviously we work together to a degree, but um, and, and, and increasingly as we keep going back to this, but it, it is about, they do need to work obviously together. Um, the brand is really the, I guess, the, the external facing element of what the strategy is. So, so it has to go hand in hand. Um, and it will, you know, even flow between, and then there'll be information flowing between across those, those two areas, um, as in re regards to the teams in, we have internally. Um, so, but ideally there shouldn't be any difference. Yeah, I think that that point there, uh, I can learn a lot of that point my, myself personally. So the external brand, it really is the, is the element you know, presents the strategy, which I think is a beautiful way to put it, because that's essentially what it is. And yeah, when you say that, that's the that's the feelings that would come up for me. You know, uh, from from the Beyond Blue brand. So that's that's brilliant. And and you also mentioned you know building, building and continuing to build that trust. I think whether it's you know whether you are a for purpose or as you, you mentioned commercial government, it, it does there is you know if if trust is broken, then it, it, it's that detriment, of course, to the yep. to the brand and strategy. So. That's brilliant. Just to finish up, Andrew, again, so thank you for sharing um, everything you have today. Is there anything perhaps that, you know, from your own lived experience around strategy, anything, you know, to share, to, to end with around, whether it be a practical example or um, within Beyond Blue or broader than that, something that's helped you with getting your head around what this thing strategy is and, and your mindset? Uh, I think my key learnings would be, listen, listening to people um i i was you know been as i said been here for, for nine years at beyond blue um i started as a, as a project manager in, the, in what was the men's team at the time we used to have a lot of resources coming in from the federal government and also the movember foundation at the time um, to support men's mental health um very shortly after starting i i was leading a you know um, a little project about again, community insight gathering about men's mental health and what uh, uh, men's health-seeking behaviours. And so, you know, within a month or two after starting, it was sitting in, listening to people, listening to men and women talk about their daily experiences. Um, and so that is what drives, it can, it's what drives you personally um, in this space, and it's also what drives you professionally. Um, it's it's that type of insight that gives you clarity about what can we do. Um, and so, you know, we 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 all have experiences ourselves, of, and particularly in our space, we can we can think about what would have been better. Um, had I had that been different when I was doing it, um, so that's what I, I think. That's that's the key point. What's listening? Um, because if you're listening, then you know where you want to go. That's very refreshing. I think it's a great place to to wrap it up. I think yeah, listening into those daily experiences, as you put it, um, gives you that in, insight for ultimate clarity. And I think it's a beautiful way to put it. So. 
So thank you, Andrew, for taking the time. And again, no, thank, no. thank you for the, thank you, you know, um, to Beyond Blue as an organisation and to you personally, you've been there for nine years and what you're really, you know, you, you, you've removed and are removing all of that stigma. You're providing that, that, that door into the services. So thank you um, for just from someone from the community to everything you do and the organisation does. It's, it's huge. Uh, thanks, Andrew. It was uh, great to have a conversation uh, about this. Uh, hopefully it helps some others have a think about what to do and where to go next. Um, but no, it's been, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.